0: Good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Let's Be Diverse. I am your host, Andrew Stout. This episode is dedicated to all my loved ones who have supported me through this journey. Do you find ourselves talking a lot about the importance of giving and receiving constructive feedback? Organizations are always looking for ways to improve their team's productivity. To learn and grow in our careers, one of the most important aspects of their job is to receive feedback. Giving constructive feedback is essential to help employees see where they're at. So, on today's episode, we're going to discuss the importance of delivering and receiving constructive feedback. To help us navigate through this important topic, I am excited to have as my guest today, Catherine R. Catherine is based out of Illinois. And from our in- interactions, I know that she is aware of many hats. She's a mom. Wife, daughter, and she is an Illinois licensed attorney, practicing over fifteen years. She offers services in two languages, Polish and English, and who is the CEO of Brocolo Law PC. She's the founder of a woman's network and professional development group, the Alliance of Lady Leaders, and a certified life coach with her own practice, where she offers one-on-one coaching and group workshops, along with presentations for employees and businesses or members of groups, such as the local Chamber of Commerce. Welcome to the show, Catherine. It's a pleasure to have you on today.
1: Thank you so much for having me on the show, Andrew. I appreciate it. That was a lovely introduction. Thanks again. And I just want to note for your listeners that it's so exciting to be able to interact in a space, including a virtual space, where we're able to share these ideas, where we're able to share these opinions with one another. As Andrew noted, I am based out of Illinois. Andrew, I know that you're in Saskatchewan, and I'm not going to lie, and I'm going to say that I did watch some Canadian television programming, although I've been to Canada. I have not been to Saskatchewan. But I am excited to be able to share with your listeners who I am certain are not only based in Canada, especially based on our transactions or our contact, which I believe started through LinkedIn.
0: Yes, actually, it did start through LinkedIn. And it is, I agree with you, it's important to have these conversations. And it's nice to be able to collaborate with people in countries. And I find that. It was nice to get to know you, and I just found that our interaction right away was right bang on. We were able to joke around and have a little bit of fun. I knew that getting you on would make a great episode, so thank you again for coming on. Thank you. How have you been? What's new?
1: I have been. I am not sure when this is going to air, but it is March. It is spring. It is the season of the new life and the new ma's. And in my coaching practice, in especially my focus on helping folks either learn or relearn to love themselves and to live their life with intention as well as on their own terms while releasing guilt and resentment, I did have a March special offer available for one-on-one coaching. I don't know if you want me to share that now or if we can do that at the end of the podcast. You can do it now, and we can do a little bit at the end if you'd like. Sure. Oh, fair enough. So, I have a three 30 minute coaching session for $20.23 $20. to celebrate March of 2023. As I was inspired by a friend and colleague of mine who had a February 14th Valentine's Day offer. So, again, folks, the self love, the help, the sharing. I want to be there for you. And in addition, as Andrew has already noted, I do offer workshops, presentations, keynotes for your business, for your, and we do discuss topics such as feedback, time management, delegation, making decisions ahead of time, managing a group. So I think those are some of the things that with March I did want to share with you.
0: Well, I think that's a great offer and not a lot of people offer those type of things. So I commend you for doing that. And you just seem like somebody who's always willing to put yourself out there and to help people succeed. So that's great, Catherine.
1: Thank you so much, Andrew. I appreciate it.
0: (laughs) So uh, before we begin, I always have a fun question to ask my guests. Get things going. Are you ready for yours?
1: I know that we've spoken about this, Andrew, and I, and we've laughed about it. And I can't reply <laughs> in saying that I'm curious to hear what question you've cooked up for me.
0: I always do a little bit of research to try to find what I think would be good for my guests. So I think this one was good. So my question for you today, Jasmine, is if you're able to eat only one meal for the rest of your life, what would that meal be?
1: wow, if I were only able to eat one meal? That is a very thought-provoking question, and really not in a vein that I had expected. So I think that if I got to eat one meal for the rest of my life, it would be chicken noodle soup that includes the meat, the protein, that includes the veggies, right? The carrots, that includes... The carbs or the noodles, right? And that includes the broth. I think that it incorporates what I understand to be different elements of nutrition that, you know, would support my body. Also, I have very fond memories from childhood as far as homemade chicken noodle soup that was made either by my grandparents or my parents, I also have a sort of memory of curiosity where I had eaten chicken noodle soups at the home, folks who are from different geographical areas than myself or my family, and how what was called chicken noodle soup tasted completely different. Even though it was at its heart, a soup, a broth with chicken or Boiled chicken, but not necessarily served with the protein, it just either maybe had a little bit of a different stock or a little bit of more of a spice. And mm-hmm. I just love the warmth of kind of the broth, the soup and the nutrition that it provides. So mm-hmm. honestly, if I had to choose only one, I believe that would be it.
0: <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I was some, I had that for lunch this past week. So I totally agree with you. It is something that is, especially in the wintertime, uh, is very warming and soothing. And it, I agree with you. It brings you back to your childhood. So that's a great choice, Casper.
1: Thank you. <laughs> I wonder if you're also going to be having chicken noodle soup for lunch today after our talk.
0: It's very good. It's You know what? It's very possible. I got myself a nice calzone from the store the other day out of frozen so I'm, that I might eat but I might have a little bit of soup to go along with it now that you mentioned it. You <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> so let's get this conversation going here. So what I would love to do to start things off is with you telling our audience a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your story.
1: You have done an excellent job of describing that I am aware of many hats as well as pointing out what some of them are. I will note additionally to my story, I'm a child of immigrants from Poland, from Central Europe, so I know that has its own experiences that I carry and that I share with other folks who are children of immigrants, folks who have built themselves up to where they are and in some senses it supported themselves because of newness of the context that they find themselves in. I am a lifelong learner. I love to learn. I love to teach. I enjoy travel. I enjoy reading. I want to do things that will bring joy. I want to help others do things that will bring them joy on their own terms and not simply carry our guilt that we may have brought along where there may be certain responsibilities or certain expectations, whether it's our parents or our culture. We don't have to simply be defined by that. I consider myself a helper, uh, which I think shows up in some of my hats as far as a attorney practicing law and a Illinois. Recently, I have been practicing in the areas of family law, probate, and real estate. Then, in my women's networking group, where I'm bringing women together, I'm having women share their knowledge with other women to build their network, to build their businesses, to build their clientele. And then, my coaching, where again, as I've indicated before, I work one on one and I work with businesses to do things such as we're doing here to talk about topics that are important to employers and employees, and to allow their businesses to grow, to allow everyone to work better, more efficiently, to get to a goal that's going to be there for all of them so that they can succeed with their business.
0: That's such a wonderful, amazing story, Catherine. Thank you for sharing that with us. So, Many of our listeners have had constructive feedback, or I would love to hear what your opinion is on this. What is constructive
1: feedback, or what does it mean to you? Thanks for that question, Andrew. And I want to say that in your introduction to this week's podcast, you did mention that the feedback is too faceted dually faceted. And I just want to highlight that here say that there is an element of giving feedback, but there's also an element of receiving feedback. And I'd invite folks to think about those two things together, but to also think of kind of two separate sides of the coin. Obviously, everyone is go- going to be in control of their own thoughts and their own feelings, correct? And we as individuals are responsible for our own emotional experience, correct? So nothing I, for example, say or do inherently is going to cause you, Andrew, or you, Andrew's listeners and audience to feel a particular way, right? That's on, I'm mm-hmm. going to say words, you're going to have thoughts, your thoughts are going to cause your feelings, So your question today, I believe, is asking me a little bit more about the part of this dichotomy that speaks to giving feedback, correct? And I'm going to invite everyone to consider that we want to try to do what we can and what is in our ability in giving this feedback in such a way that it can be well-received, right, so that it can be implemented and utilized in the most effective manner, even though, going back to my previous statement, we can't control the way that it is, but we can set it up for ourselves as givers to be received in the best way possible. And a lot of times, at least I can say, you know, growing up, we may consider that folks are thinking of feedback as an element of motivation like let's light a fire under someone's rear so that they do something, you know so that we can move forward and we can do better correct mm. and I'd invite us to consider that perhaps it is not that because we're using perhaps our negative feeling or a negative concept the concept of a negative feeling to drive action and out of this negative Negativity, we're probably going to drive negative action or no action. Okay. So we want to think about some of these things from the back end. And I'd invite you to start with the goal, correct? In giving a feedback, Mm -hmm. what is the ultimate goal? Like, what are we trying to do? Are we trying to, for example, meet a deadline? Are we trying to get more clients are we trying to cut down on time it takes to do x correct Mm -hmm. we want to consider if we're giving feedback to another person another group of people what is our goal as far as know their feeling do we want them to feel encouraged or motivated okay and then let's examine What would they need to think to feel encouraged or motivated? What would that feedback need to look so that they have thoughts which are going to then drive feelings and drive action versus inaction, right? So as we were saying earlier, in Gruppen and in perhaps early times of my being an employee, I am my own employee, right? You know, that situation is a little bit different and feedback for me in that vein may come from outside versus, you know, just myself, but I'm going to put a little asterisk here because I think it's important for both sides to consider these things and evaluate. And I'll I'll go back to that in just a moment. But instead of this, I'm going to have a look. Like let's say we gave the example of a deadline. Perhaps the deadline wasn't met, correct? We'd set an internal deadline. We want this to be done by Wednesday. We can get it out to the clients by Friday. Wednesday rolls around and it isn't done, correct? And maybe we go out to an employee or our employees and we say, hey, this, this isn't done. No, our clients are going to be asking these questions Like, what's going on? We need to get this done. Let's go. Let's buckle down. But maybe this isn't going to motivate our people. Maybe we want to ask ourselves, what's our ultimate goal? How do we want our employees to feel? Maybe we want to feel, look, we have their back. We're looking out for them. And we're looking out for the best interests of theirs as well as our business. We all want to improve. Okay. Now in the example I gave, right. so this is due on Friday, to right? So obviously we kind of planned a little foresight by giving ourselves a buffer day in between. So is it the end of the world that this isn't done on Wednesday? I'm going to surmise probably. Right. So maybe on Wednesday we regroup and we can mm-hmm. do together part of what I'm going to return to my concept of the asterisk and, and think to ourselves What's going well, what's not going so well, and what can we do differently? So if we're considering this example of the deadline, there must have been some part that is completed and something that has gone well. Let's look into that. Okay. What hasn't gone so well? Mm-hmm. And what can we do differently when presenting this Deadline next time, so that we can meet the deadline. Mm-hmm. And I invite employees to also frame it in a similar way to your employee. You want to be able to, you know, the wheels turning in your employees' heads, you. thinking, okay, well, what what did I do that worked, right? What did I do that maybe didn't work, and what could I do differently? Because then we're also incorporating actively your employees, your group, and it is really a group of all of you together moving to a common goal versus someone, I don't want to say barking orders per se, but pointing out, hey, you've got to do this, which also may lead to some relationship that does not take into account what value or what alternative thoughts or what alternative ideas that employee may have as a manager you want your employee to have some independent thought have some other ideas right and then maybe you can all come back as a group and you can consider okay we've talked about what we've done that worked we've talked about what we've done that didn't work or we could perhaps and and what we can do differently. And if there are going to be two, three, five point view Mm -hmm. on what you can do differently, that is probably going to give you a lot more options than you as the manager having one point of view of, look, I have this preconceived idea of we need to do this differently and you all need to just go out and do it because I've Mm -hmm. told you that this wasn't on time and I'm telling you now, it needs to be.
0: It's amazing how you put Um, When I think of this question, a lot of people, I believe that feedback furthers a conversation for possible questions. And I feel that when people are getting constructive feedback, I think they're afraid of getting the feedback because they don't like to be put down a peg or they don't like to get negative feedback. So I think when you said fear earlier, I believe that that where that fear comes from is that you don't want to hear anything negative. Positive, no problem. But negative, you just don't want to hear it. And when you think you're going to get negative feedback, you're not willing to to, to hear that.
1: Absolutely. And as I said, obviously, as a giver of feedback, you aren't in control of The thoughts and feelings of your receiver, correct? But you also are a human person. Chances are you have been given feedback in the past. You have had thoughts and feelings about feedback you have been given. And you have sort of these examples, this evidence that allows you to imagine different possibilities. So I'm going to go back again to remind you and and our listeners that we want to consider the ultimate goal and consider that goal vis-a-vis even, do you want to give feedback? You know, giving feedback for the sake of giving feedback may not be helpful. Giving feedback to allow for growth and to allow to reach the goal Maybe I'm going to consider here that when you're the giver of feedback, something that may be helpful is get consent, you know, for giving this fact. And I'll tell you further what I mean is when you told me you might have, as the receiver of feedback, a fear or an apprehension in the past, you may have gotten feedback which was negative or which singled you out or. Um, led to a feeling of being singled out or otherwise negativity. And you've indicated also, and I think I have in my previous example, it may lead you even to inaction, correct? Or additional fear. Now, right. when you are approached with feedback and you're given an option, you know, you may have time to think about it. You may have time to respond in a way that isn't defensive where you you know have your thoughts and have your feelings and that may you know a topic for another day but when folks are working on these issues of conf you know and and intentionality the negative feedback that may be received by those folks without consent especially may be harmful to you know their confidence and further unmotivating and further com- you know, lack of action, right? So maybe you are yeah. a man, um, or you are in this role of giving feedback, you may, after you've thought about, what is my goal? What do I want to accomplish? And, you know, how you may go about doing that? Maybe you go to your employer, your group, and say, hey, are you interested in my thoughts? Or you see you know, I've got some feedback on this topic. Are you open to my feedback? They're up to kind of getting themselves ready, right, for receiving this information, like coming to the information out of a completely different space, and to hear, you know, good, bad, and um, but something. And so then we consider how may we impart this information to reach to our goal. You know, maybe not this lighting a fire under your rear. You know, this isn't working. We're not hitting the deadlines. We need to do better. Because frankly, that isn't really getting us to the how. It isn't really allowing the employee to get curious about, well, maybe I have an idea of how to do this differently, right? We don't want a feeling of discouragement. Okay, we want to ask questions, we will want to hit our mark, but maybe we want to figure out what is our underlying problem, right? Is there something else going on that's causing a struggle? Like we brainstorm together where we can figure this out to reach a common goal Versus saying, I've got this idea, I'm going to tell you your things are wrong, and I'm going to tell you you need to get where I'm telling you to get.
0: Interesting, interesting insights there. So tell us, Catherine,
1: why is it so important for organizations to deliver constructive feedback? I think hearkening back to the end goal as an organization, when we're considering this feedback, and now, again, As I understand our discussion today, Andrew, we're not talking about like a performance improvement plan, sort of general along the way kind of feedback, which is going to get you towards some goal, correct? Like if we had the example we worked with, we have some internal deadline set on Wednesday and we have something that the client is meant to get. And Mm -hmm. in a role, correct, we usually have a number of such things may be different in the time that we work that are going to be delivering a product or delivering um, to the client, correct? And mm-hmm. it may be that an overarching goal is we want to deliver better or more efficient service or we want mm-hmm. to do X, Y, Z, but there's a goal there that everyone can be a part of, correct? And if we are coming from positive thoughts and positive feelings, and all moving together to move forward to reach this goal, how much more likely is it that we're going to do that than if we have these negative thoughts and negative communication and negative feelings, which are not Mm -hmm. motivating and maybe even not driving folks at all to make these changes or coming from a place of fear where I think communication, which is key, may be curtailed because you've got... Hang away from asking for feedback or shying away from submitting something that may be getting feedback because of what you described as fear and what it, you know, as perhaps fear or insecurity or other negative feelings as far as receipt of these feedback and maybe lack in confidence or other things that are not going to get you, employer you who company you manager to that end goal that you right
0: and, and uh hr um when you're onboarding somebody a manager or leader will give their employees their expectations of what they are expecting from the employer or the employee down the road this is where constructive feedback will come in because you will be going over these expectations of the individual and you'll be giving constructive feedback of how they're doing and what your if your if your expectations have changed for them if you're uh, extra projects so these are this is an opportunity to give your feedback of how they're doing what you're expecting of them in the coming months or years on what their goals are so i think it is uh, process, constructive feedback, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And the managers and employers to definitely make the employee or group a part of that conversation. You know, at the end of the day, what do you think? You know, how do you think? You know, and really invite them to get curious and to open up and to really be an active listener and to take an active part. In that kind of an.
0: Right. Cause I agree with you 100%. Cause if you're not listening, you're giving the feedback, but you're not hearing what the employee has to say or what their concerns are, you're just giving your feedback, and this is the way it's got to go, then it will be effective also. So I totally agree with you on that. In your opinion, Catherine, what are the best ways
1: for leaders to
0: deliver?
1: Um, And I think we talked about that. Uh, earlier as well, Andrew, with regard to thinking about um your goal and thinking about the way that it's phrased, as well as including the, em- you know, or group, right? So once you've kind of identified for yourself what you want to say, you can have these thoughts for your, you know, employer or manager. How might they receive this? What are they most likely to think when they hear this from me or read this from? And mm-hmm. go forward with um thinking this goal-oriented communication.
0: Mm-hmm. Like um, you mentioned the way that it's said, one of my favorite sayings are it's not the word, it's the tone. So I believe that it's the tone and uh, the person is very, very important. A great example of a manager who gave me fantastic construction, uh, what I was working for them, this is years ago, we're probably talking about 10, 12 years ago, I was working for a uh, company and I would stay a little bit uh, uh, Just uh, would like to f- I always like to finish off stuff well before I left so I wouldn't forget to do it the next day. So the manager would come over, uh, I guess, uh, about a month in and he sat down and at my desk and he'd say to me, he says, Andrew, he says, I always notice that you're always like sticking around like after hours. So I said, yeah, I said, I like to finish off stuff. Sometimes if I go home and I, you know, think of something that I didn't do, then it will probably drive me crazy the whole evening. So I'd rather stick around. 15 minutes, half hour, finish it up, and then I can actually go home and relax at the end of the day. So he told me, he said, That's great. I I love that you have your the mentality of hard work and persistence. He said, I just wanted to let you know. I hope that you stay with me for a very long time, but if you do go on to work somewhere else down the road. I just want you to, to think about that, what, how this, you staying later, how it might be uh, by another manager. So I say, well, what do you mean? I respect that you like to stay and finish your job. but You might have another manager down the road that might see it as, oh, you know, Andrew's always staying around all the time after work. Is it because he can't finish his work or is it just because he just likes to stick around and make sure things are done? She says, I just want to make sure that it's down the road that you're careful because this could be perceived as you not being able to finish your work on time. Therefore, you had to stay 15, 20 minutes, half hour after work on extra time. On your time to finish your job, so it's see that uh, when I was preparing this party, uh, that story is something that I will never forget. But I just found that it was fitting for today's conversation.
1: Thanks for sharing that with me and and your listeners, Andrew. One thing um, share as part of the story, which I think is also positive, was that your manager at that time did start out with something positive did start that conversation by saying andrew i like that you do this or andrew it's good that um and i think sometimes when it may be that a manager is really looking in a short time to do something and maybe isn't focusing on some of these things we're talking about, like, let me think intentionally about how I want to deliver this message, may start with, you know, something like, hey, we're not, we're not finishing this on time, like, what you it?" And, you know, what you called tone may be exactly this, where perhaps there wasn't as much of the pre-work on the part of the manager done to communicate this in this fashion where now you do have someone on the receiving end kind of hearing the negative first and then perhaps not having gotten like, you know, straight in their chair or, or just straight in this kind of defensive, like, Oh my goodness.
0: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. That's, Have uh, re- received constructive feedback. Of, like, what's the best constructive feedback?
1: You know, I thought about this because you'd given me a bit of a clue ahead of time that I might be asked this question on this episode. <laughs> and as I mentioned before, for a number of years now, I've been CEO of my law firm, and now I have my own coaching practice. So I'm my own boss, but at the same time work uh, for folks, I provide services in most of those industries. So I have clients who doing, you know, things for have uh, certain requests or in the context of my workshop or presentation, certain requirements, correct? So it may look a little bit differently as far as what your listeners are conventionally going to um, in the HR world of feedbacks, mm-hmm, even though mm-hmm. it still is feedback um, have again, this understanding from the perspective of giving the feedback and receiving the feedback. And I don't know that this 100% answers your Mm-hmm. But I want to share this because yes. I think it is very powerful and folks who are on the receiving end of feedback, I think, will um this and its realness. When I had been an attorney for a few years, I worked at a law firm where we did plaintiff's medical negligence work, where I had a chance to learn. So many things from so many people, and got to try cases in state and federal court here, um you know, uh, time-consuming work, right? Fun work, sometimes challenging work. And I worked with a uh, attorney who told me. He said, "Catherine, whatever you do, chances are you're not going to be able to mess it up so badly." that it can't be fixed Mm -hmm. and I'd invite everyone to kind of consider that yes there are things that are set there are deadlines there are you know there is something and you're not the first one and you're not the last one to do it right a lot of times Mm -hmm. we don't have to reinvent them right Mm -hmm. and I invite you to Come from a place of curiosity, like your manager, your supervisor, your boss. Chances are, they may have already gone through something that you're dealing with. For sure. And if you both come from this place of curiosity, you can figure it out together, okay? Because ultimately, you all want to reach the same goal. And again, if you're not done on Wednesday but you can still be done on Thursday to hand it in on Friday. On Wednesday, you can figure out what's going on, get it done, and hand it in. Or next time, or for next time, I should say, you can evaluate what worked, what didn't work, what can we do differently. And I just want one that that openness and that communication is available to everyone. You know, is everyone's boss going to say one thing or say another? No, probably not. But we ourselves are in charge and responsible for our own thoughts and our own feelings.
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay. It's to kind of remember that in our hearts and in our going forward with whatever it is our doing, you know, our jobs, our hobbies and just to be intentional and, you know, to remind you all that it isn't a magic pill and it may be a l- little bit of a different approach than we're used to. And, you know, again, I'm available to work with folks one-on-one as well as um, to to cheer you on, to hold space and to believe in you when maybe you're not.
0: Very well, so I Totally, totally am on board with everything you said there. Thank you very, very much. If I was to ask you to
1: use one word to
0: describe yourself to our listeners today, what word would that be?
1: I thought about this one, too, Andrew. I did. Um, I believe I started out with and then thought about and then went back to um, because I think that a lot of times... That gut originally is probably the best one. I'm going to go with amazing. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying this from a perspective of, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm taking this from a perspective of, you know, wow, I can do this. And you. Can, mm-hmm. I do not advocate a compare and. Kind of relationship, you know, so I don't want anyone there and you know pick one of these folks who's been doing something for twenty thirty forty years and then beat yourself over well, I'm not as good as as you know Warren Buffett, okay, but are you if that's what you want to do a better investor today than you were yesterday because you've, you've you know gone out and listened to a podcast or read a book or um, taken a course or learned about, you know, XYZ. And I consider where, as we talked in the beginning, I'm aware of maths. you know, I'm a child of immigrants whose second language was English, who went through and, you know, built myself up to learn and try that you know perhaps my parents hadn't had experiences with my parents had not had the opportunity to try or just didn't know anything about because they found themselves in a new country with new experiences and new opportunities and abilities you know and here i am here i am i'm a mom i'm a wife i'm oh you know i'm i'm a co-founder of a, a women's networking group i get to do these fun and amazing things I've helped people through my law practice. I'm helping people through my networking group. I'm helping people. Jing, you know, I'm enjoying things in life that I enjoy. Travel, reading, you know, skiing with my daughter. And I think to myself, wow, I get
0: to do mm-hmm. it. So it is It is very, very cool. And it's uh, when I think about it as far as in terms of, uh, you know, you coming on and doing my day, um, I was skeptical as far as if I could do it, if I would, if I had to but it. Um, and you said it before, I tried to compare myself to other people who were doing it because I listened to a lot while I was researching. And I got constructive feedback from somebody to say, look, if it's something that you want to do, then just do it. You're going to get better as you go, but just do it. So that person pushed me. Uh, conquer my fear of not being perfect or not being able to do it well and just go out and do it and try to get better improve even and I think that um, I'm doing that.
1: Congratulations Andrew so many good nuggets in that statement or those statements you know congratulations to you going out and going after your goal. And I want to just echo some of those sentiments and remind you and your audience here that we're going to have discomfort either. Um, mm-hmm. And we want to ask ourselves to get to our goal, which of those versions of discomfort are going to get you closer to, right? right? So you talked about I wanted to have this podcast and then you had some discomfort because you were, um, you know, in this comparison to other folks, maybe, I don't know, some confusion or maybe some other feelings that we might categorize as negative or in starting your podcast and learning these things in doing a little bit by a little bit. And learning with each experience, you've said maybe you had some apprehension, maybe you had fear, mm-hmm. maybe you had some unsurety. Are those also negative feelings? Yes. Are they getting you closer to your goal of podcasting and giving more podcasts and putting more information that is going to help folks in the HR world out there? Mm-hmm.
0: Goal. That was that was the goal to put stuff out there and to talk about great topics like me. I, I don't hear a lot of this type of stuff in the HR realm, and I do believe that it's important to, to talk, these things are important to talk about, I did, uh, to do it.
1: Well, thank you so much, Andrew, and thank you for me to uh, speak to your audience and your yes. guest today.
0: I appreciate that. Catherine, if is there any, uh, if any of our listeners want to get a hold of you, how might they do so?
1: Well, um, dear listeners, I am on, for example, LinkedIn, where I met Andrew. I know that in the title of the episode, you'll have my name, Catherine, C A T H E R I N E, and my last name, Rucalo, B like boy, R U, K A. L Lima, O like Oscar. If you type that into your search in LinkedIn, I'm, I believe, the only Catherine Brucalo on LinkedIn, should be a pretty uh, easy find. And I am with my coaching practice on both Facebook and Instagram with the handle of at Catherine. So I invite you to. Check out my content on platforms. Uh, and if you would like to get a hold of me by email, it is Katherine coaching at gmail.com, Katherine all one word. I look forward to meeting more of you through those platforms or email. Thank you again, Andrew. It has been my absolute pleasure.
0: I appreciate that. And- So on behalf of myself and my guest, Catherine, I would like to thank you all for listening today. And until next time, be safe and remember that if we all work together, we can accomplish anything.